how can we have questions that create connection? We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. I want to invite you guys over to our premium site where you get in-depth content and access to us. We answer questions there for you and you get interaction with like-minded people. To find that site, go ahead and click details and scroll to the bottom, you'll see the link to our Patreon site. Yeah, good to have you. We're going to, Shannon, go ahead and just jump into a review real quick. This is really brief. It's, it's really short, but it says, these podcasts have helped me so much to see the other side and feel empathy for my spouse. It has been a huge struggle, but these podcasts have helped me. And thank you for a very kind review. And that's really, I mean, that's, that's really kind of the idea with this is we not only want to give people hope that change is possible, but we also want to really give people anecdotal tools not anecdotal tools. We want people to see the tools that are necessary so that they can see their partner and see the place that they're in right. and understand um, what the impact has been for, for both, for both people. So um, whatever your ending yeah. looks like. And exactly. that's, I think the important part about all of this is uh, we don't give you the answers, whether you're supposed to stay in your story or move forward and have a different ending than ours. Yeah. Um, it's for you to figure out. So as a reminder, we had Shana before, and she is uh, making a huge impact on the role of masculinity and authenticity um, that plays a role in relationships. For 15 years, she has coached more than a thousand men and women, leaders, CEOs, authors, speakers, and those with big visions to find love, rekindle the spark, create a legacy, and become effective and impactful leaders and be personally inspired and fulfilled. Um, she has a master's in psychology, um, the DISC certification, and um, she facilitates workshops, has her own podcast, and helps um, people with their entrepreneur goals as well as their relationship stuff. So um, we'll put her website over in our show notes. So if you want to hear more from her, um, she has a lot of great episodes on her podcast as well. Um, where she's on her own or interviewing. So um, catch her over there. So we're going to just jump right into this. Um, I know Kobe and I and our audience does really great when they have some key phrases yep. to help start those hard conversations. Or I believe in your um, the podcast I was listening to, risky. They can be risky conversations. And I really liked yes. that wording because being vulnerable doesn't mean it's always going to turn out how you want. Right. It's a risk. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I feel like most of the time it's always worth the risk. Um, even if we go, what seems like a little backwards, we're still moving forward by choosing mm -hmm. vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. So. I would agree with that. Right. It's like, it seems like, Oh, we've gone backward. It's kind of like, okay, we've gone sideways or we've gone inside out or suddenly we don't even know who we are anymore, but <laughs> Right. By the end of it, you know, often, right. We can't say for sure, but often there's, there's something positive that's come out of it, whether even if it's separation or even if it's, you know, recognizing a difference or something, right. I'd rather know that. Or I think many people would rather know that than kind of be blind to the whole thing. Yes. Um, it's really interesting. I had an experience over the weekend with a gal I mentor who, um, 
kind of did one of the first superpowers that I know you talk about, um, but is that curiosity of just like sitting in this, okay, I don't really know what I'm feeling here, but I'm going to sit in this curiosity of what's my role, what's my part, where are they at? I'm going to put my feet in their shoes and and those types of things. And it was such a beautiful thing to watch her process through and to own her own stuff. Yeah. And then to go forward with like, okay, now I have this data. Now I have some more information to work with of this is my past. This is where I'm at. And this is why I'm showing up the way I am. And um, so for those listening who are in these relationships, I mean, any relationship where you want to create that connection and how do we get to a place where curiosity is a thing that we're actually going to step into instead of step away from? Right. Because it's so scary. Right. And like, and it's curiosity instead of assuming that actually Mm -hmm. I know, right. I know, I know you did that on purpose, or I know that you, you know, wanted revenge, or I know that you're mad at me, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things that we think we know about another person. And I love what you said, the stepping into someone else's shoes, right. It's like, one of the things that has changed all of my relationships and many of my clients is that this idea of assume the best Mm. and then get curious from there. Right. And so the difference would be like, wow, that person did something and it really felt shitty. And okay. But if I can, you know, if I'm assuming the worst, then I'm like, well, again, that was on purpose. You meant to do that. You didn't care how I felt all those things. And if we really go back to, all right, you know, we, if we're in a romantic relationship, we chose each other at some point we really got along. We loved each other. Like there's something here. So what happens if I actually assume the best? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, uh, what happened there? Right? Like I'm going to assume that you have really positive intentions and that felt really awful. So can you help me understand? I think that's a really great question, right? A curiosity question. Like, can you help me understand what happened? Because from over here, this is my story or my imagination. Yes. And I'm guessing it's probably not the same over there. So can you help me understand, like, where were you coming oh, that's from? That's such or... a great statement. That's such a great statement. I know, statement. we need to write this down. I'm, I'm actually totally going to, <laughs> legit, because um, my experience, for sure, um, in our relationship, but also, like in, like, in various stages of our relationship, has been... I'm so, I'm feeling so much emotion and I'm scared yeah. of a reaction yep. that it's like all systems shut down. And I've, I've come to recognize that place and just say, okay, here it is. And I just, bleh, right. I just like verbal vomit yeah. on you, Ashley, and just say, this is what, and we call that, that, that self-defeating yes. um, inner dialogue we call spike. It's just this, this, uh, this third party that thrusts these thoughts of I'm not good enough. They won't love me. I'm unlovable. Or yeah. the assumptions, like you were saying, totally. I know this stuff. I know right. that they did hurt me. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Spike's like, you got it. Yeah. You got it right. And, and, and that comes from therapy from with our daughter when she was like four on the mm. heels of, of being sexually abused. The, the therapist said, just uh-huh. create this, this individual. That, yeah. that gives you these thoughts because they're not from you. And yeah. so she at four drew a picture of Spike who was like a demented version Aww. of Mike Wazowski, mm-hmm. right? From Monsters, Inc. And then anytime Whoa, she had a thought, yeah. she wrote on a little post-it note and she stuck it 
on the picture of Spike that was on yeah. the fridge. And, yeah. and that, that allowed her to, number one, recognize the thought is not, not her hers, mm-hmm. but two, it allowed her to, to remove herself from the shame of that thought, yep. which was a really important yeah. thing fundamentally. And, and from a skill set standpoint, a shame resilient standpoint to say, I'm going to separate myself from that. And so we've taken that, we've, we've, we've uh, that exact concept and we fold it into recovery. And so what you're talking about, the fear of how they're going to respond yeah. is so paralyzing. But yeah. going back to what you just said, if we can have, and this is exactly what I wanted to have you here again, Shana, because if I can, if I can have in my, my, my mind questions like this, can you help me understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that? Some I can say, and it might sound canned, mm-hmm. and it might sound totally rehearsed, but the but yeah. the truth is, is it's always going to sound that way before it can naturally flow. Yeah, and then that opens the door. I'm assuming mm-hmm. for dialogue, yeah, right? For deeper questions and more understanding. And yeah, I mean, the other thing I find, or some people find, really helpful is actually to be able to say, "Here's what I'm afraid of." I could even feel it in my yeah. chest. Like, okay, I'm afraid that, you know, or a part of me, that's actually really helpful too, to not claim it as all of me, but right. A part of me is afraid that you are going to judge me or you're going to leave. Or, you know, if I share what I'm upset about, you're never going to look at me the same way again. I have a big one that I'm afraid of just breaking things for good. Like if I say this it's going to be over, you know, and I've had to learn over the years, okay, things, relationships are stronger than I imagine in my mind, but it can be helpful to sometimes, some people are like, I don't want to put out there that I'm afraid or any of that. Mm-hmm. But then we're trying to hold back and not look like we're afraid and, you know, posture and be like, I, I got this, I'm good. And then the other person's like, why is this so weird? Yeah. <laughs> this is really completely, completely. Yeah. That that's like, those are, those are skills. And um, those are things that are really critical Mm-hmm. to moving forward, like you said, to open the doors of curiosity, to, um, yeah. to increase understanding and to, and to put ourselves in the, part, the, the, the shoes of our partner or whatever individual we're, you know, yeah. we're communicating I with. Mean, the other thing that I think can be really helpful in terms of curiosity rather than assumption is to recognize like um, you could put you know, two people in the same situation or say one person in the situation and have two different people watching that person do or say something and the other people often will have completely different perceptions right like it is you know it it is always a dance or a dynamic it's not just you created something over there i was talking to a therapist friend of mine actually recently and we were talking about that how whenever we work with couples it's like you know let's look at the dynamic that's happening and you can't just look at it separately or individually and so a lot of men I work with are really nice guys and want to please and want to be kind, which I think is amazing. And there's sometimes the blame of like, well, you know, she wouldn't let me do this or I wasn't allowed to, or some of those things where I'm like, uh-uh, you know, you've, you've got to see that you also have a role in this. Otherwise you end up completely disempowered. Right. Yes. And I think there's probably a lot of mixed emotions hearing that because for me, I remember right. like I lost so much of myself and I did blame and I pointed fingers. Yes. It's all because of this, this, and this Yep. instead of really sitting in that curiosity and saying, what is my part? Yes. Even How if, did I lose even myself? If, 
even if my part is that I just didn't stand up for myself. Yeah. You know, right. and it goes and, both ways, gender, any gender, right? Oh it's yeah. Just one or the other. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Let's say that I am really wanting to connect with my spouse. This is a very common one. Yeah. They're always on their phone. And so my response or my seeking connection is yes. you're always on your phone. I wish, you know, we could have more time together, but you're always on your phone. Yeah. Does that create connection? <laughs> Not as much, right? I mean, and the other thing I see is that, uh, the like, if you look at the opposite side of a coin, complaint and mm. desire are the opposite, right? Or I like, like that. whatever. It's like, whenever there's a complaint, there is a desire. Ah. And so most often people in couples, especially we bring up the complaint, like you're always on your phone versus, you know what I would love, babe? <laughs> like, I'm having this really strong desire to connect with you. And Sometimes when you're on your phone, I feel like I'm not here or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm kind of invisible over here. And would you be willing is also another really great phrase, right? Would you be willing really. to whatever it may be? Could we have, you know, an hour in the day where we put our phones away? Or would you be willing to check in with me if we're in the room together before you turn to your phone? Mm. Things like that where the, okay, can we collaborate? Can we co-create something? Yes. I love that. I love all that. And Kobe did take notes. So, um, <laughs> because that is, it's such a simple thing that I think most of us fall into yeah. is it's so much easier to point fingers. And the problem is I see his phone, I see this. So that's the problem. Right. It's like, when in, ugh, that again. Like, what's behind it? Really yeah. what I'm asking for is something I'm seeking connection. Yeah. And I love that coin. I haven't heard that before, but that's a good one to just remember. Is my, am I giving a complaint or am I speaking my desire? Right. Um, and most okay? often what's going to come up in our mind first is the complaint. Yeah. You know, that just is because we're the human. unhappy. There's something yeah. going our way. Yeah. Would it yeah. be okay, Shana, to say, look, I really want to just have time to connect. Would that, would, mm -hmm. would that be okay? And just yeah. dismiss the, whole the complaint. Saying, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As a whole yeah. statement, just like I'm, I'm realizing that I'm on my phone, she's on her phone and I kind of snap out of it. And it's just like, Hey, you know what? I really want to connect right now. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to answer your question. Cause I know for, for us now that works because we yeah. understand each other. We've done a lot of our own work. But yeah. in the beginnings, that would that didn't make sense to me because that's didn't. what I would say. Like, it, it doesn't feel like a whole statement for some people because it's like, okay, what does that mean? Connect how? What do you want me to do? <laughs> that actually is a really fair question. No, 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 no yeah. a question. That was a statement, but it's like that's super, super fair to say that because, I mean, for a year, not for a year, but when we saw a therapist for like eighteen months, and I kept saying yeah. over and over, I want a connection, I want to connect, and. I didn't know, I didn't know how to articulate that. And Ashley was like, right. I don't even know what that means, but we were both like longing emotionally for connection. And yeah. so, so I guess like that would the be brick wall. Yeah. You know, we were just going up against it. Like, but this is what I want. And I don't know what it looks like. Cause we weren't, yeah. you know, figuring things out and sitting in it long enough to say, what am I really wanting here? Right. And what does it look like for me? So, yeah. I think you mm -hmm. use the word create. Yes. Would you be open to, would you be willing to co-create? Would you be willing to? Yeah. I, I mean, you don't have to use the word co-create, but you know, would you be willing to, and then, and then come up with an idea, right? That's the part that, that can be hard when we're in that like blaming or frustration is like, I don't know what I want. I just know I don't want this, you know, but <laughs> totally. then as couples, 
the more we can be on the same team, the more one person could be like, hey, honey, actually, I'm writing a class for men who are in relationship. I'm going to do it next week on how to reignite affection and attraction during stressful times. Because I find that myself and other women I know, like our bodies kind of shut down and stress. And so then we're not as affectionate or, you know, and so when I'm thinking about that, um, yeah, there's a way where it's like, okay, what do I actually want here? And um, yeah, and, and, and what's an idea that I have, right? How can I generate that instead of feeling like I'm going to wait? So if we're on the same team and I see my spouse struggling, like, you know, stuck in there, it could be like, oh, I, it seems like you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. And is there something that you want instead? Or like, is there something that you you know, that I could do for you or do with you? Like what would make you happier right now? Mm -hmm. I think those are some really generous questions. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite things is the zoom out and a lot of our audience, right? We have very good reason to be like protecting ourselves and, and pulling back a bit. Um, but for me that pulling back is like, okay, we'll zoom out. And would you still show up for your partner without this trauma that's happened and the betrayal. And if you wouldn't, why are we still here? But if you would, then show up for your partner. Yeah. Be there in that moment and show up as like, doesn't mean all the pain is gone and everything's okay, but it means I can show up for you as a partner right here and right now. Yeah. Um, So that's a um, big one. (laughs) It is a big one. Yeah. I mean, and I can feel like the emotionality of that, of like having, you know, you're betrayed or your trust is broken to really show up, like how um, brave that is to show up with love and with support, you know, even in the face of that. Yeah, it is. It it really is that power, the fight in your head of, if I give them this, they will think everything is okay. Right. And it sounds crazy, but it's very real. No, that makes so much sense. And our grief and pain need to feel, you know, validated Validated. and heard before we can really move through it. Totally. And I could see even something like, you know, if we're working on questions and statements, right? Like, you know, this feels hard for me because I'm still feeling the grief and the pain and what I'm, you know, committed to, or what I really want is to be able to support you. So I'm trying my best here. Yeah. And, and those, those statements like you're giving right there helped me Mm. just to hear myself say, Hey, I'm not there yet, but I'm trying. Yep. And it was like, I'm telling Kobe, but I'm also telling myself yes. instead of just saying no. Yeah. And, and that was really a bridge that helped um, connect us in those yeah. really tough moments. Where, and, 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 I take, and I took it for what it was, which was, and I was okay with, with you saying, look, I'm, this is so hard, but I'm trying, like I'm putting effort yeah. into mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And, and that allowed me to give like grace to you mm-hmm. because yeah. it was like, mm-hmm. oh, you really, okay, you really are trying. Okay, cool. Like I'm, because what that really meant to me is you said, I didn't give up on you. Uh, yeah. Like I'm not turning my back to you mm. and walking away. Right. And, and those are like micro moments yeah. that riddle, um, and, and in some seasons riddled my day with, um, micro moments of she's going to leave. Yeah. I'm going to be by myself. I'm going to be alone. I'm because I'm unlovable. So when you can ex- extend that 
in, in, in those terms. Like you said, like I'm really, tr- Oh my hell, <laughs> my phone's in dictation mode and I'm not wanting it to be, <laughs> I was going to read your statement, <laughs> but you said this feels really hard for me right now, yeah. but I'm trying. I'm trying. That's so, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. I mean, it's, it's like the skill of setting context, right? So sometimes the context could be, um, you know, there's a hard thing I want to share with you and I want to share it so we can be closer, right? Or this is really hard, but I'm going to try anyway. That way we know where the other person is. You know, if someone's sharing that with us, it's like, oh, okay, I know where you are. So my assumptions that I would make of you're just, you know, saying this because you want me to feel blamed and wronged and whatever, you know, you want to, you want me to take responsibility for it. Now it's like, I've actually heard the context, you know, um, another way to put it is how I would love for you to hear me right now. Mm. Like how I'd love for you to hear me right now is that I'm actually, you know, coming from this place of compassion and I'm also hurting because I don't understand. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm hearing what I'm hearing in that is you're staying in your own lane. Yes. You're sharing context of this is where I'm at, but it's very much my own stuff. Um, And obviously other people's choices affect us, but it's, it's the lenses of life. It's how we perceive things. Yeah. And so um, I believe the next thing you were saying, like get context, but you're using I statements. Okay. I have this information Mm -hmm. and now okay, this is how I feel. And this is the stories that I'm telling myself. And um, that's been extremely helpful for us. Um, For me, because I am an internal processor, I can't do that most of the times spot, like on the spot. Uh I haven't had a lot of time to think about it. And so for me, journaling for me is a superpower. Um, So I will go and I, I do three little things. I feel and I use the feelings well, okay? And yeah. I write all my feelings around whatever we're talking about. And then my fears, which are those narratives that could be true, could be assumptions, mm-hmm. whatever, but they're mm-hmm. fears. And I sort through those to find some truth, okay? Yes. Are any of these true or are they just based on past experience and I'm you know, protecting myself, which is normal and human, or I'm just totally making things up. Um, and then it's okay, well, what do I need? And that's when I can go to Kobe with those I statements. I have context of really what he's feeling. Um, otherwise I feel like we just go back. It's like a merry-go-round. I'm going to tell you and tell you and tell you until you hear me. And it's this mix. I don't know. It's a mess (laughs) when we don't do a wrestling match. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that just never stops. And yeah. how I'd love for you to hear me is, oh, that's so good. Like, be, because again, when the emotions are so high, mm-hmm. right? When the emo, when, when there's like a really, when, when the conversation is really emotionally charged, it is so hard yeah. from the perspective of the indulgent, from the perspective of the addict um, to, to, to use my limbic system. Right. No, sorry, my prefrontal cortex and and to think logically. And when I can have you tee that up that way, like what I'd love for you to hear from me right now is Mm -hmm. I'm really trying or today I'm just exhausted or my cycle starts in two days. So just chill out like 50%. (laughs) 50%. I like that. 95%, please. like what what like whatever that is um but but i can hear that and it's like oh wait 
okay. Like, and, and what that also does, what that also does is it is so specific. Yeah. The, like the ask is so direct and so, so single dimension that I don't have to interpret anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a huge and, win. And it takes, it's like, right. You don't have to interpret anything and it takes something to be able to be that responsible for ourselves that we're like, okay, you know, right. That I'm going to take all of the messy feelings and thoughts and fears and whatever. And I'm going to put them into a, you know, a statement of how I want to be heard or what I want you to know but I just find that life goes, you know, so much better that way, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we are. We're, we're waiting and hoping that our partner can interpret all of these things that we're saying. And sometimes it's all there, right? It's kind of like, somebody just pictured an archaeological dig, right? Like all the bones and all that, like everything's there, but there's a lot of sand covering it up. And so if I'm just saying things and I'm walking somebody in circles, they might be like, okay, 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 <laughs> now some- what? I love that. Yes. I see parts of bones over here and parts over there. And how do we put it together? Oh, yes. Um, So yeah, figuring out what your I statements are and in whatever way you need to, I think is important. Kobe does better verbalizing it, which is hard when we're both so different and we want to have this conversation. So sometimes the I statement is I need to take a break. Right. Come back. And knowing that Kobe's better at that, that might be a great thing where you, you're like, okay, would you like some help? Do you, or do you want, do you want to know what I think I'm hearing you say, right? Never assuming that I know you better than you know you, but you know, or if I were you right now, I might be feeling that takes a lot of humility. Cause it's like, if you've done something to hurt someone's feelings and they're telling you my feelings are hurt, but I can't figure out how to say it or what's mm-hmm. clear if you can be really humble and be like, well, if I were you, I might be feeling this, mm-hmm. that can be helpful too. And it's very, you know, great to sometimes be like, okay, I need a break. Cause I'm, yes. I'm John Gottman. I love their, or John and Julie Gottman, you know, their statement of I'm flooded mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. I don't have the capacity to think straight right now. Yep. And sometimes it's a 10 minute break and others it's like, see you in 24 hours. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. How, how do you, um, Shanna, how do you um, help couples, help people navigate, um, I guess, get out of those really intense situations um, of conflict where they're both flooded, right? They've gone from prefrontal cortex to their lizard brain and it's fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. How do do you help... um, couples to, as, as Melanie Beatty would say from Codependent No More, disconnect Mm -hmm. so as to keep any more damage from taking place. I mean, I, what I really like to help couples do is notice when they need a pause, you know, to, and to say something loving, like, I love you and I need to take X amount of time, or I love you and I need to take a walk or, you know, sometimes it's hard to say, I love you if you're in the middle of something, but it could be something else loving. Like, you know, I know we care about each other, <laughs> yeah. even if we can't feel it right now. And, you know, we don't want to do any more damage, right? Like, and usually one person is more able than the other in a moment to do that. And so really trusting, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to take turns here. Or I always like that context again, of going back to, we're on the same team here. 
Mm-hmm. So let's not destroy, you know, something that we need to dig ourselves out of later. Right. It's the ebb and flows, right? And yeah. that's part of a, a couple ship is to know that one of us is going to be there for the other. Yeah. And I think we looked at that as a negative thing for a while. Like, uh, he's so much better at that than me or, uh, you know, and it's yeah. instead of, yeah, he is. And I'm, and the cool thing is he's willing to be there for me when I'm not and yes. vice versa. Right. That's so sweet and generous and amazing. And I think that's what it takes in a couple. And, you know, the other thing that I'm just thinking, I can't remember if I shared this on the last podcast, but I was remembering a a fight that I had with my partner and we don't usually fight. So it was kind of, uh, it was, it was interesting, but, and it was, it was really fiery and we both took a break. We were like, all right, we need, you know, we need a break here. And then when we came back, we both had the same idea of what if we each shared what was so vulnerable about that? And one of my friends and colleagues used to call it a race to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like whoever actually gets more vulnerable first is the winner. <laughs> and, you know, it can be uncomfortable, but we both sat down and it was like, oh, we got to share about, you know, well, I felt abandoned over here and I felt, you know, left over here. And it seemed like you were making it all about me over here. And, and what was vulnerable about that was, right? It reminded me of this other time or something I've been struggling with. And so that, that recognition that, you know, when things blow up and when something's really major, there's usually some other element of something we already believe about ourselves or some experience from when we're young in our family. And so, you know, when we have that as the background, as the context, then we can actually have a witness. So, you know, mindfulness is a really beautiful practice or meditation or whatever to be able to watch when we start to get flooded or when we start to react to be able to even say, I need to take a pause instead of just continuing, right? To, to oh, vomit. Yeah. I think like you said, Kobe, before like that verbal vomit. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think of last year when we had some of the hardest conversations maybe we've ever had, mm. not about recovery work, just life. And that's also what made it really challenging is they were so, they were so hard because the context that we had had to that date of hard conversations was yeah. just about recovery. Uh-huh. And, it, and, and having it without was like, oh my gosh. Like it's the like, same tools, but it was just like, oh, we're in this new arena. And it the was, last time I felt this, we were talking about how you cheated on me twice and right. how you lived a double life. And we're not talking about that now. So, mm-hmm. but, oh my gosh. But what I'm thinking is like, I can visually see when Kobe, you know, I would try to hear him and he would try to be heard. And when the moment he got vulnerable of like, this is really what's going through my head and yes. what, it's everything you're talking about. Those are the moments things change. That's yep. the moment when we stopped the cycle of like, let's have the same fight over and over, over and, over. and over again. Yes. And it sounds so simple and dumb, but it is true. Yeah. The minute you can like I'm going to be curious. I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to figure out I'm my- I know, even I, though it feels like hell. Yes. I, and that sense of, like, I just thought, I love the question, like, well, why did, you know, a lot of couples, like, why did you do that? Yeah. And, you know, the tone matters too, right? If we actually ask a question and we really want to know, like, can you, again, we can go back to, <laughs> can you help me understand? Can you help me understand why you did that? Like, it just seems like, it seems so unlike you, or it seems so selfish, or it seems so- whatever it may be, also, again, holding like 
the the one I know you to be, the person I know you to be, I, I just it just doesn't fit. So, like, actually, why did you do that? You know, mm. that's really good. Yeah, it is. That's really good. I'm gonna write that down <laughs> again. <laughs> Once again, um, you know, I think that those, I, I think that being able to disconnect from conflict is really really important. And um, you know, we're talking about preemptive measures right in the midst of not preemptive measures, but we're talking about measures um, that can be used in the heat of conflict, right? right? In the heat, in the heat of, of battle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but oftentimes um, what I find is, is that if we can, when everything is calm after yes. a battle and say, okay, like let's race to vulnerability, right? And on the yeah. heels of the vulnerability um, establish some behavioral norms, yeah. right? Like going forward, if we find ourselves in this situation, let's decide that let's we're going this. to do mm-hmm. X and this is going to be our procedure. And we're really going to focus on that, knowing that we're probably going to like totally jack it up <laughs> right. we'll when mess we try it, it the first few times, right? Mm-hmm. But if we can have that in place, then all of a sudden we have a procedure. We don't have to guess. And yes. maybe if we're lucky, then we'll have the thought cross our mind. It's like, oh yeah, we're supposed to do that. Yeah. And even if, you know, this is a little bit extreme, but it can be really helpful to have it written down. And so, you know, before having, it could be like, okay, before we get into something really heated, we're going to read our agreements of how we are communicating or how we're holding each other. Right. I I mean, that that would be powerful because then you're not acting out of that fire. You're actually like, okay, we have a process for this. So we're going to slow down and we're going to read this and we're both going to get on the same page. And it's not going to be like, oh, I remember it this way. No, I remember it this way. No, you're wrong for this reason. Just, okay, here's what it is, you know, totally. point blank. And I honestly, I've had a lot of uh, the gals I've mentored who've done that. And it's like, yeah. we call it rules of engagement. Okay. So here's our plan. And if these things happen, here's what's going, you know, I'll take 24 hours. And if I need longer, I'll check back in and tell you I need another 24. Um, No no name calling. There's all these rules, right? And so I like the idea of let's have the hard conversation. We're going to prep ourselves by just Mm -hmm. reading this thing. And it doesn't mean it's forever, right? It's like, help me learn some of the skills and let's do it together because we're both learning and trying to rebuild a relationship and we need help. It's like our homework. Right. And I mean, ideally I wanted to get to a point where I didn't need to go to a therapist to process and work through my stuff. Yeah. I was going to therapy to learn the tools to do it on my own. Right. And so stuff like that, as dumb as it can sound, it's like, that's the tool to get you there so that you don't have to wait till therapy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So another thought here, Ashlyn's been listening to, um, like this is just, this is, to me, this is rich. Okay. This is rich, like this conversation. But Ashley, you've been listening to um, a couple of podcasts about saying sorry. Oh, yeah. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> you, you shared some of the complexities that were presented in that podcast. So my question is this, Shana. Um, when, when things have gone sideways in yeah. a conversation, even maybe continually, and there is the context of betrayal and hurt, yeah. deep, deep hurt and betrayal. But we're trying to work through all that. And, and how do we, in the day-to-day things, right? 
the small, I shouldn't say smaller things because everything counts, but in the things that aren't as weighty, how do, how do we mend? How do we mend and say sorry yeah. for these little spats that, that over time build right. um, resentments and build hurt and build walls? Right. I mean, and this is again where I think the foundation of having some kind of practice around being able to witness yourself or mindfulness or meditation, right? And I mean, even in my spiritual practice, there's a sense of like not necessarily identifying with all of these parts of me. Like, oh, I, I did. So this isn't, let's see if I can explain this. The sense of like, if, if I'm so identified with being a caretaker, right, which I am, I remember it with my ex-husband, there was one day where he said something like, I don't think you take care of people enough. And I literally was like, <laughs> <laughs> I got so <laughs> pissed off. But, you know, so in that moment, it would not have been natural for me to say, I'm sorry, right? Or there's something no. I did, I'm sorry, that hurt you, it sounds like. So I think the more we can kind of notice, oh, here's, here's who I want to be seen as, and mm -hmm. here's what my identity is, and, and witness that without being so attached to it right? There's a humility of being able to say like, wow, I did something that hurt you. And I'm so sorry. Like my intention was not to hurt you. So on the one hand, I think it's, you know, it's easy to say the word, well, it's not easy. The words, I'm sorry. It's a very simple phrase, right? But for most of us, it actually comes from, um, it, it's really hard to say because it, it brings up this shame of, well, if I say I'm sorry, then that actually means somehow I'm a bad person or, you know, I'm so wrong. But I think if we can separate that, so I guess the way I try to do it is say like, you know, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way or I'm so sorry that didn't work for you, right? I'm not necessarily apologizing for my whole being. Like, I'm sorry I, I was an asshole or I'm sorry. It's totally. More, I'm, so, I'm apologizing for the impact it had on you because mm -hmm. that's not how I would have wanted this to go. Right? I'm sorry for the impact that had on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's also one of those things to to have the conversation about, right? Is like we're gonna do things that are gonna be hurtful to to the other, not right. intentionally, but not it's intentionally. but it's going to happen. And let's just agree moving forward as we try to mend wounds, as we try to to um to be there for each other. Let's just agree that and and agree upon the idea that this saying sorry is not because we're broken, not because we're bad innately. It's right. not because there's something wrong with us. It's just, I'm going to do, I'm not going to be perfect and I'm going to mess up. And yeah. if we can operate on that yeah. <laughs> understanding, then yeah. it's going to be easier at least to yeah. start the process. Right. I mean, I, I, it's not something I ever saw modeled in my family, nor did I see a lot of thank you or appreciation. And I even remember years ago where my sister was like, well, why would you thank him for that? That's just something that he should do. And I was like, well, because I actually have a habit of really appreciating even for things that I could just take for granted because I think it really helps people to feel good and to feel, you know, inspired to keep being generous with each other. And, you know, it's the same thing. I think, again, there's like, it's not the opposite side of the coin, but it's like these two uh, ends of a spectrum. I'm sorry and thank you. You know, both of those actually go a really long way when we're sharing them. Yes. I'm going to add one, one thing to it. Um, we'll kind of wrap this up, yeah. but what you're, what you're both saying is you're getting specific with what you're apologizing or what you're wanting to like, yeah. here I am, I'm taking ownership. Yes. I'm going to 
because Kobe's always been good at saying, I'm sorry, mm. always. But an I'm sorry is very different when you just say, I'm sorry. Yes. And when you take ownership and you're specific in, I'm sorry that impacted you in blah, 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 you know, and that it's affected the way that we're feeling connected. And I feel Mm -hmm. that disconnection. Yes. Um, That feels different than I'm sorry. Yeah. That's super. I love that. Acknowledging the the impact, acknowledging the effect, acknowledging the hurt. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, she's like, be specific. And I I do think that fits in so many different areas, but really in this one, especially that example. I can also see where someone could say, I'm sorry. And then someone else could be like, you say you're sorry all the time. And, you know, (laughs) but you're not, you're not doing anything different. So, you know, the other part of an apology is like, all right, you know, what do you need from me? Or, or, um, if it's self-generated, it might be like, okay, here's what I'm going to try to do differently. Yes. You know, that changed that. behavior for yes. sure. I was, uh, I, my, I have my own issues with, I'm sorry. And that's why I'm listening to podcasts on how to be better at saying, I'm sorry. Um, but it's, it's that I, idea that even when I do it, if he's demanding it, which he doesn't, I mean, we haven't done this in years, but when he demanded it and I would do it, it wasn't good enough. And it's, uh-huh. it's that whole idea. I, there was no ownership when I would say, I'm sorry. It was really just words. And he felt that. Yeah. And so we didn't, yeah, it wasn't a good energy <laughs> passing. Through. Right. I can see the difference between like, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. You know, versus actually I'm, I am sorry. Yeah. But, but, but I think that circles back to what you just articulated was what Shanna, you talked about earlier, which is like, if I say I'm sorry, I'm acknowledging that I'm probably a bad person because of what I did. And yeah. that sucks to admit right. that I'm bad because of what I said or what I did. So I'm just going to like move on to the next thing. Right. Yes. right. And so if that. we could separate, I'm bad, right? Just because yes. I do something. Yeah. None of this makes me a bad person. Ultimately, that's, that's you know, one of those foundations. Yes. All right. Um, any last thoughts you wanted to add before we wrap up? Mm, any last thoughts? Um, I like that. I think you and I, Ashlyn, both said something at one point about, you know, imagining, right? I like the tool of um, recognizing that I have a story in my mind and it's not necessarily the truth. So I'd like to check it out with you, right? Mm, You know, so getting to use that tool of like, okay, here, and here are all the things that my, my, you know, inner critic is saying about me and about you and why this is happening. And so, um, you know, can we explore that together or can you like give me some reality? So I'm not just lost in this horrible fantasy, right? The bad version of fantasy of what's happening over here. Absolutely. It, you were, you just said what I talked to with my women's group today. Like, yes, it's one thing to, and important to recognize this narrative that's going on, but you need to do something with it and go yeah. find. And so I like that check. Let's check it out. Can we explore it together? Yeah. Um, because it also helps your partner understand really where your head can go. Yes. And um, when Kobe and I started doing that, I was like, what? I had no idea that your head was in that place. Right. And it's helpful, and, right? To hear yes. that. Yes. And so I do think that's um, really great. Such great takeaways. Um, Kobe has a bunch of notes. We'll place them in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, And and I guess the last thing is, is just, just by way of review on these considerations that you've out that, 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 um, that we've talked about you and it's cool. You've (laughs) repeatedly with each situation, 
you've gone through these bullet points that you like to operate against. Why don't you mm. just real quick review those, if you will, starting with being cu- or being curious, compassionately curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Being compassionately curious rather than believing you know what's true. Um, setting context instead of just like randomly bombing or vomiting. <laughs> that other one. Um, right. Using I statements instead of you, right? And bringing it back to like, this is actually what's happening for me versus yeah. you're being this way. Yeah. Um, being specific rather than vague, uh, assuming the best and then really trying to understand what happened instead of assuming the worst and, you know, making up all of these stories that this is, this is who you are. Um, and then the getting vulnerable. And I know it's, uh, it's natural that we're going to try to protect and defend ourselves. Um, but the less we do that, the, the closer we get to be. One of my favorite books is called Undefended Love. Have you guys read it? Mm-hmm. No, oh. my God. It's really amazing. Yeah. Okay. Highly, highly recommend it. It really just talks about like, okay, how do we let go of defending ourselves and trying mm. to prove something and actually show up and be connected? Wow. I love that. Thank you. I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, defended love. All right. Um, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being with us again. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. this episode and I hope the listeners found some good tools and phrases that they can start using um, in their own relationships. So um, as a reminder, we do have our 30-day challenge that we open up um, once a month and it's for any couple. So it's not uh, recovery work we're doing there. We are just really giving you guys an opportunity to rebuild and reconnect and find ways to um, be partners instead of um, maybe going against each other, which could happen in recovery. Um, So if you're interested in that, head over to Shattered. Oh, sorry. No, beyond-enough.com slash relationship. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Sounds good. Shanna, thank you. Appreciate Mm -hmm. you being with us. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you.